Welcome to Commune, a global wellness community and online course platform featuring some of the world's greatest teachers. We're on a mission to inspire, heal, pass down wisdom, and bring the world closer together. This is the Commune Podcast, where each week we explore these ideas and practices that help us live this healthy, connected, and purpose-filled life. You can check out all of our courses, our community, and everything we do at onecommune.com. In 1986, Byron Katie had an epiphany. She was in a counseling facility dealing with addiction to alcohol and codeine. She was agoraphobic. Her self-esteem was so low that she didn't even think she deserved to sleep in a bed. And one morning, there she was, asleep on the floor, when a cockroach climbed over her ankle. She awoke, and in that brief moment, she saw how the universe was created, the source of all suffering, and the way out. She codified this vision into a method of inquiry called the work, which has helped hundreds of thousands of people overcome trauma and pain. The work is centered around four essential questions. These questions are facilitated by a mentor, or Katie herself, upon a willing student. The questions are, one, is it true? Two, can you absolutely know that it's true? Three, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And four, who would you be without the thought? These four questions are followed by turning around the thought to experience the opposite of it. In considering how to display the power of this method, I decided the best way would be to do the work with Katie, live on tape. To say that this episode is vulnerable is an understatement. We delve into the most traumatic areas of my life, my parents' divorce and my relationship with my mother. And while doing the work has impacted me deeply, I hope you also can see some of your story in mine and that it helps you process your pain and your trauma. I'm Jeff Krasnow, and welcome to Commune. So your life changed, and this is a story that you've told many times, and you had an epiphany at a moment in your life when you were, I would say, had low self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, very low self-esteem. If, you know, I would, um, I would say depressed beyond what is bearable, you know, and and you know for more than a decade and agoraphobic and you know just oh my gosh suicidal and then one day as i lay sleeping on the floor a bug actually a cockroach crawled over my foot and i was i was completely asleep like we do you know we go to bed at night we wake up in the morning and 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 i was asleep like that and when this bug crawled over my foot it woke me up just like all of us do every morning but it woke me up so quickly. It's as though um, the ego didn't have opportunity to catch up with the action. Mm. So there was like this, this, this unidentified place, and um, so I saw in in that moment how everything was created. And I think what's important, Jeff, is is I saw in that moment that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered. That was the cause of all suffering in the world. And when I questioned them, I didn't suffer. And I've come to see this is true for every human being. And it was just an exquisite moment. And the, the work was born out of that moment. When I look back at hindsight, it was all so clear that 
everyone, everyone, if their mind is open to it, could wake up to um, the cause of all suffering and and um, and how to to question it and be free of of anything that would um, cause us pain in our lives or disconnect with other human beings. Well, you know, I've, I don't think I've ever um, met a person that has not suffered in their life. So the answer would be yes. Mm-hmm. And the optimistic news is that there's a way out. There is the way out. And for me, the way out is to go in because the answers, you know, what we're thinking and believing can be identified. And then we can question those judgments separately, one by one, and um, be, become enlightened to not only the cause of suffering, but um, we're shown in that how to be free of suffering. And, and you know, my, my process is, is um, you know, inquiry. And the inquiry involves four questions. And, um, and anyone can do it if their mind is open to it. Yeah, I think, you know, as someone who has been um, in the room now, um, experiencing you facilitate the work with other people, um, and seeing the method of inquiry and the effect and impact that, that it has, um, but not just on the, on the person that you're working with, also on the people in the room. Yeah. And part of it is, I think when you land on these universal truths, it, it mm-hmm. makes everybody feel the same yeah. for a moment, yeah. and it lights everyone up in the same way. Mm-hmm. And then for me, very personally, and um, and this is why I chose to write what I did or to talk about what I hope we'll talk about, uh, is that, you know, you can't help but see your own story in the story of others. Yeah. Um, and that can be your first lifeline. Yeah. Yeah, truly. And, you know, Jeff, I've come to see that uh, in all these years of doing the work with people on judgments, there are no new stressful thoughts. They're all recycled. (laughs) Nothing new. And we wonder why we're bored over and over and over and over. And it's required of the ego. Otherwise, it cannot... Um, it, it cannot con itself into believing that that it exists as an object. So mind is um, that's not something you can you can touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's not a thing, and so mind identifies as object. We could say um, on this body. and all these judgments, and the ego doesn't sleep, all these judgments. Um, um, believed keep one identified as um, as what we're not. You know, mind is not object. So that's um, that's original separation. Do you want to try this? Oh yeah. Okay. Where do we start? Okay. So um, what is your judgment? I wrote, um, my mother left me. Okay, your mother left you. And doesn't 
really care about me. Okay. So let's do, let's do one at a time. Okay. okay? Your mother left you. Mm-hmm. you know, in fact, we can do it this way. Your mother left you, and she doesn't really care about you. Mm-hmm. So what is the situation where you're thinking and believing this? Like, are you a young man? Are you a, a child? Are you, what situation comes to mind when you think that? Um, well, I was, uh, I was a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 13. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a brother. Mm-hmm. I have a brother still. He was eight at that time. Um, and it was, uh, it was on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my parents would argue and, um, mm-hmm. and my brother and I sort of almost, we had this sort of strange delight when they argued, yeah. you know, it was like, Ooh, <laughs> mom and dad are yeah. in an argument. <laughs> so we woke up, um, early and they were in the kitchen and we huddled on the stairs. We had these kind of, um, I don't know. Like, this was in the 80s. We had, like, these shag carpeted oh, stairs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and maybe we went down three or four stairs from the top, and we were huddling together, sort of, like, smiling and laughing a little yeah. bit at our parents sparring. Yeah. And then my dad said, well, if you're going to leave in June anyways, you might as well just leave now. Uh-huh. And obviously it ceased to be f- very funny yeah. at that time. Um, and I just remember my stomach sort of, it's like going into my throat, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, that was the, the moment where, you know, a lot of my life and the life of my brother changed or, th- or so I thought yeah. it would. You know, you know, Jeff, um, thank you for your courage to, to share that. That's really, that really is running deep in me, loving you as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to switch it around because that's where you felt the emotion. On the stairs with your brother, that shift, boom. Mm-hmm. It was like the end of the world as you understood it to be. So um, your mother is going to leave you. You're on the stairs with your brother. You're, you hear your parents sparring. You hear your father say that. Okay, be there now. Your mother's going to leave you. Mm-hmm. Is it true? Can you really know that it's true? Yes, your father said that. But can you, on the stairs, really know that it's true? Your mother's going to leave you. No. I certainly don't want it to be true. Okay, now just go back. I'll ask you again and then then feel your no. So your mother is going to leave you. Beautiful young man on the stairs. You heard your father. You were kind of maybe even giggly. And, and then you heard that. So I'm inviting you to be there now. Your mother is going to leave you. Is it true? Can you really know that it's true? She's going to leave you. You're sitting on the stairs. You don't even see her. You're hearing them spar. No. No. So just feel that. In that situation, you could not. So your mother is going to leave you. So now notice, 
close your eyes. We're going to continue to meditate there. Notice the emotions that happened when you had the thought, my mother is going to leave me. And try to describe them and where they are physically. Just really get in touch with them. That young man on the stairs, be there now. What I remember feeling was, I'm going to save this. Now, that's not a feeling. Mm. So it's difficult to sometimes to just drop into the emotions. Mm -hmm. How do you react? What happened when you believe the thought, my mother's going to leave me on the stairs in that situation? Get in touch with that young man. I felt very confused. That's not an emotion. It's an appropriate answer. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, I'm pointing you to emotions. Maybe, maybe without naming them, maybe you can, can begin to identify where you felt the emotions. Yeah. Well, there was this very physical feeling. Okay, describe it. Of almost like something that you swallow that's like too big for your throat. Okay, so just feel that. Mm. My mother's going to leave me. So just feel that. And and how much of your body does that emotion take over? Does it go as far as your stomach or just your chest or throat? Or does it go to your shoulders, your feet, your toes? I mean, yeah. follow it. How much of your body did that take over? I felt nauseous. Nauseous. I felt really scared. Yeah. Really scared at that yeah. time. Okay. Now, as a meditator, get really close to this, Jeff. Notice the images of past and future that were happening inside of you, in your head, sitting on the stairs, when you believe the thought, my mother's going to leave me. Look at you as you saw you in your mind's eye in the past, with your mother in the future, without your mother. There is no way emotions like that can happen if we're not experiencing those, those past-future images in our mind's eye. I'm feeling at that moment a sense of uncertainty about our future. Very much tied into my life, but also very much tied into my brother's life. Okay, so those are the images of the future. You're mm. on the stairs, and in your mind's eye, you're seeing you, maybe, you know, that was Christmas. You're, you're seeing an image of you having Christmas without her. She's gone. You're seeing you maybe going to school without her, waking up in the mornings without her. All those images, they flash. You don't even know they're going on. Yeah. And they have to be because what we're thinking and believing is the cause of all suffering. Can't suffer without the ego's play. Now, the images of the past, how do you react? What happens? 
when you believe the thought your mother's going to leave you. Look at the images of the past as you sit on the stairs. You see you with your mother. Hmm. Maybe you see her on past Christmases. Maybe you see her as a little guy. Yeah. I see her driving me to camp. Yeah. Which she did every day. Every day. Yeah. And we would spend that time. I just remember yeah. the smell of the car. Yeah. All that. So you see those images of the past, and there the two of you are. And then you see the images of the future, and who's going to drive you to camp? She's not in that car. Yeah. Okay. Now, as you witness those images of past, future, what is the cause of your suffering? Your mother or what you're thinking and believing? What is the cause of your suffering on the stairs in that situation? What you're thinking and believing and witnessing in your mind's eye? Hmm. Or your mother? I mean, at the moment, she's still there. So Yeah, so there's no, there's no loss yet. Right. And we blame our mother for years. And that's so confusing because it's what you were thinking and believing on the stairs that frightened you, that stunned you, that shocked you. It's the ego's work. And I'm willing to see it another way if someone could prove it to me. It's a dream. And it's so vivid. It's like, look at you in the past, in the car, with your mom, going to camp. Hmm. Is that you or is that an imagined you? Is that your mother or is that an imagined mother in the moment on the stairs? It's just a, it's just a memory. It's a dream. It's a dream. It's a dream. And it's defining you. And it's defining your mother. And then you see the you of the future with, how am I going to get to camp? And maybe you see you're not going to camp, or maybe you see you going to camp with someone and you're not happy. It's not that precious time you look forward to. It's a dream. Is that you? Or is that a dream? Mm-hmm. So there's you, the dreamer, on the stairs. And then there's that imagined you in the future, that imagined you in the past. Now, the answer, you know, there's a question that has run for centuries, who am I? So for me, that's awakeness, you know, to know the difference between the imagined me, between imagination and reality. So let's move to the fourth question. There are only four. So, on the stairs, meditating here now, meditating on then, on the stairs, who would you be without the thought, my mother's going to leave me? Listen to your parents, listen to that, that going back and forth, look at your brother, be on the stairs, Look around. Who would you be without the thought she's going to leave you? 
look around. Are you okay other than what you're thinking and believing? Totally okay. Okay, so just just be there for a moment. You know, you left him there. As this terrified, young, beautiful boy. My mother's going to leave me. Let's find an opposite. Now, these opposites, these turnarounds, we try on like... Um, like we're trying on a new pair of shoes and we don't want to walk out of the store until we're really aware that that they fit. We want to be sure they fit. So um, this isn't a way of exchanging belief systems. It's a way of just trying on opposites. So um, um, my mother is going to leave me an opposite. What's an opposite? Uh, <coughs> my mother's not, gonna li- not going to leave me. Okay, so... Beautiful young man on the staircase, about the fourth step down from the top, right there. Who would you be without the thought? Who would you Who would you be without the thought? And turned around, my mother's not going to leave me. I would have just been <clears throat> happy and normal. And listening to your parents and open. Right. And... You know, this is that don't know mind. Mm. The only way I'm going to know my mother leaves me is when she's on her way out the door, literally gone. Yeah. And then I don't know that she's not coming back if I have an open mind. My mother's not going to leave me. I think what I've been trying to grapple with is another form of turnaround. Uh-huh. So let's hear it. I'm going to leave my mother. Yeah. And it happened right there. You left her. Mm-hmm. You see that? So tell me about that. Well. That was not your mother in your mind's eye. That was fictitious. I'm going to leave my mother. So let's look emotionally did you leave her? Well, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Because essentially, I became so angry that I took my brother and I basically just completely isolated her from our lives. Mm. So my mother's going to leave me. I'm going to leave my mother. And you did. I did. Yeah. So just 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 feel that. I mean, did you have a choice when you consider what you were thinking and believing? Look at the tear on the stairs. It's as though you just took you away so you'd never have to hurt or be vulnerable. It's like you took... You left her. Yeah. I didn't leave her any way back to you. I mean, in my mind then, I, I, I think I felt like that was a way to punish her. Mm-hmm. And... And and she hadn't even left you yet. No. She hadn't even she hadn't even left you. And you just just get your brother and exit. 
emotionally and physically. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my mother is going to leave me. My mother's not going to leave me. So let's look at that. How often has your mother tried to have contact with you, intimacy with you, connection with you? <laughs> and go back then from there. Well, in the time right after that, in that period, mm -hmm. um, she tried. Mm -hmm. But my reaction was generally very cool. Yeah. And distant. Yeah. And... I mean, this is a long time ago, Katie. Yeah, but still, sweetheart, it stays with us. So close your eyes and, and look at her attempts. Mm -hmm. And this is so important because if you did it, then it will be a pattern in your life. Oh, it is. I mean, she visited me last week. She left two days ago. Mm -hmm. And it's still... Cool. Yeah, my mother's. My mother left me. I left my mother. Okay, so I would love for you to do like we're doing a one belief at a time. I would love for you to do an entire worksheet because it's all there. The way to get back with your mom without pretending connection to really mm -hmm. be connected. And on that worksheet, it's free on the work.com. You just print it and you just print it out. And there's um, uh, six questions that you fill in. And the first one is, um, I'm upset with my mother because she's going to leave me. We're doing that one. The next one is, I want. And then you meditate on the stairs there and you fill in, what did you want? And then, and then when you question that and turn around, it's, it's what you want to experience with your mother. Not what someone wants you to do, but what you want. And it runs so deep. And then the next one is advice to your mother in that situation. Hmm. And in that, it's, um, it's um, questioned and turned around. It's advice to yourself. And it shows you specifically and completely out of your own wisdom. It just is beautiful that way. Best advice, how to get back with her. Emotionally, physically, to really heal this. And then the next one, what do you need to be happy? That's the, the next question on the worksheet. And when you question that, and you turn it around, it shows you how to live a happy life, including your mother. It shows you exactly how. And, and notice, Jeff, that these things aren't coming from the world or a therapist or anything else. They're coming directly out of you. And um, then there are two more. But, but those wants, needs, and shoulds, questioned and turn around, they're, they're beyond magical. They give people their lives back. Hmm. And... Um, um, this intimate thing. I only know you to be available in our friendship, warm and open. And I mean, the connection is a, is 
inc- it, I, I love being with you. And this is the crazy thank you for saying that. And this is the... But it's what your mom's missing. I know. And this is the crazy thing is that, you know, when I was working and filling some of this stuff out, you know, it's almost like I am warm and open and uh, loving to people in spite oh, of oh, <laughs> my relationship. Well, uh, you know, I mean, we don't... I mean, who are we when when we threaten to leave you and you're and you really care about us mm-hmm. you know it's it's um these patterns are really worth being enlightened to because enlightenment is is a way of saying be completely free from this kind of thing mm. i'm invulnerable like if you left me i'd be happy for you because there must be something about me that that isn't okay with you, and I don't want to put that on you. So if I love you, I mean, you're just, I just, it's, it's not letting go, it's loving you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have two fears, really, which is that I won't be brave enough to really connect, to open this can of worms with my mother so many years later where now i mean it's like our relationship is fine oh i you know we we need time together jeff it's just you can do this just as easily as you know this is about this is a lack of awareness mm-hmm. and yeah, we just need some time together you know yeah. it's 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 nice to be with someone that understands on our, you know, inquiry, and um, and it's also something that um, anyone listening to our work here can't do on their own, yeah. especially meditators. You know, we can get still enough to uh, to see um, what you have seen in our own lives. So, sweetheart, let's look at it. I want my mother. Fill in fill in the blank on in that situation with your mom. I want in the situation on the stairs or the situation now on the stairs where you mm-hmm. are um where you believe she's going to leave you and you have no proof other than in your head mm-hmm. so um what do you want beautiful young man on the stairs what do you want you want her to stay you want her not to leave you want her to what what, what do you want I want her to stay. Okay. So you want her to stay. Is it true? Yes. And how do you react when you believe the thought you want her to stay? Mm, I'm hopeful. I'm relaxed. I feel loved. So now try it out of that young man and what he was thinking and believing and imaging. I want my mother to stay. How do you react? What happens when you believe the thought? Look at those images of past future again. The future, you see you all alone. And the past, I want my mother to stay. Yeah, I'm seeing the warmth and the familiarity of 
my youth continuing yeah I've, the the love and the caretaking that she showed me that I essentially never really gave her any credit for yeah um but I see that relationship preserved yeah so I want her to stay okay so um so who would you be I want her to stay let's turn it around okay so now let's just move you up to this time recently with your mother she just left a couple of days ago you want your mother to stay is it true I wanted her to stay. That back then, but uh, you know, but as I also began to question that, I also saw that it was very selfish, because she wasn't happy, obviously. So just feel that. I want her to stay. I, I don't want her to stay. She's unhappy. I love her. If I truly loved her, then I, I probably would have wanted her to go for her. And but that's like you. That's like you. But the ego was overriding. That does not give you the option to be in touch with your true nature, meaning with what you really want from your heart. Yeah, you truly love her. The turnaround is like, I don't want my mother to stay. Yeah. Now that you're in touch with that, just close your eyes and support her. How would you do that? You're sitting on the stairs. So how would you support her? Just visualize it. You're, you're back into your self again, your heart again. That's what happens when the fear is gone. And those images are the cause of, of, of fear and suffering. Yeah, I mean, I could have told her then that that I would have still been there for her. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not what I did. No. Well, that's that's the life of a believer. It's painful. To question thoughts, you're free. So, so what did you say? I I could have supported her. I could have supported her to leave. Mm -hmm. And um, so, what I said earlier about the wants when we question them and turn around, what you want is to contact your mother and say, what? I, I alienated my brother against you. I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. And I want you to know that I didn't know how to support you. I see that that marriage, you, you didn't want that. And I made it difficult for you. I'm sincerely sorry for it. You see how much there is to say here? And we've only looked at the wants. I mean, I'll tell you, Kitty, I, um, I have three daughters. You met them. 
my other fear is that they witness the way I treat my mother. They already have. They, they're, they have met their grandmother through your eyes. They are those mirrors that show up for us, just in case, you know, it's, it's just like it just, it's just played forward. I want my mother to, um, to stay turned around. I want me to stay, okay? And um, the opposite was I want my mother to stay. All right, so, so Jeff, let's, let's move through. Um, can, I just am going to trust you to go back. And there could be other <laughs> wants there, okay? Sure. So these turnarounds show you how to be with your mother. All right, so what advice would you give your mother on... On the stairs, you be you have the thought she's leaving me. What advice to get what you want? Then you wanted her to stay. Yeah. To get what you want for you to be happy. So complete the sentence. I need, I need my mother to. I need my mother to stay. Good. I need my mother to. say to my dad, oh, I'm not leaving. Okay. Beautiful. Anything else? What do you need to be happy? In that situation, does that pretty much cover it? I think so. Okay. So you need your mother to stay, is it true? For you to be happy, you need your mother to stay, is it true? No. Okay, so just just feel that. But the young man on the stairs just get that <laughs> if he gets it you get it you get it he gets it yeah now notice how you react notice what happened your mind play and your emotions when you think they thought i need my mother to stay and she and you hear that discussion yeah i mean of course i'm going through the thoughts of you know a, a, that a, a kid would have of like oh well but look at the images Thoughts are nothing without images. That's, a, that's the marriage. You look at something, you don't know what it is until the mind identifies it, names it. Mm -hmm. And that creates like this really wild um, identity takeover. So are you okay other than what you're thinking and believing? Yeah. Is your brother okay? Yeah, he's fine. Okay. It's just that the scariness of that image of waking up without her, mm -hmm. of having dinner without her. That's it, yeah. Of doing the things that we used to do as a family without her. And on the staircase, that's what you saw in your mind's eye. So what was frightening you, was it your mother or... Or the images running in the moment in your head. Look how vivid they are. Yeah. We can't stop them, but we can question them and understand them. And understanding is the power. I need my mother to, uh, to stay with my dad. What was it? I need to be happy. I need my mother to say to my dad, Right, to say to my dad that, that she's staying or that she loved him. Yeah. So is that true? Is that what you <laughs> need to be happy? 
Can you absolutely know it? It's true that you need yeah. your mother to say to my dad that she's staying. Just consider yeah. it. Would that, would that make you happy? In that moment in time, in that situation? Yeah, I mean, in that moment in time, I wanted that for them. You know, I wanted it immediately after I heard my dad say what he said that mm -hmm. she was leaving. I wanted it for him because this was the other images of flashing through my head at that time was who is my dad going to be without her and is is he going to be broken and betrayed and and sad and yeah and then who am i going to be to him i'm going to he's going to need me so that's where i've got to go wow wow and that's what i did yeah so um, how do you treat your dad? How do you react when you believe the thought he's going to need me? I want him to, to feel loved and, and not alone. So that's where you put your life? For a long time, yeah. yeah. So whether it's true or not, he's going to put that on you. You put it on him. He's going to need me turned around. I'm going to need him. Yeah. It's just an odd way of seeing it. But how much did he ask for and how how much did you just serve up before he even would ask the question? I think it was, there was a mutual fear, emptiness, that was solved by each other. Okay, but the question wasn't wasn't that how much did you you believed it on the staircase yeah and how much did you just take for granted that was true when your mother left and just lived it out just to know how much was warranted and how much wasn't right i mean warranted meaning how much was projected onto him by you yeah and what how much did he really ask for your help yeah yeah, I mean, I projected it. He leaned on me a lot, a lot. Um, It'd be fascinating to, to go back and really look at that to see it would. if he did. Well, I think I would have to really meditate on that yeah. over some time. Yeah, I do too. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I've always on some level felt that my father owes me some debt. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. Um, some emotional debt. Yeah. <laughs> Not financial debt. Yeah. But some emotional sure. debt for what I did. And there's the simple breakdown of that exists as, listen, I gave up my relationship with mm -hmm. my mother mm -hmm. to support you through this time of great grief and pain. Whether so, you ask for it or not. Whether, yeah. So here and I Whether you, Father, ask for it or not. Yeah. So uh, here I am, the great martyr. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even if he didn't ask for it. 
But I'm never cool and distant with him. Ever. No. Never happened. No. You just We're like w- overly affectionate and emotional ma- yeah. men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's beautiful. You know, yeah. you, you, you were focused on him growing up. Yeah. And, um, of course, he's emotionally grateful. Yes, he is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. But we're just, you know, we're just looking at what was imagined about what he needed and what did you step in with, just assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... It's it's good to sit in. It's good to sit in. I mean, you know, in retrospect, I mean, obviously you never can answer some of these questions. You get but glimpses. You can get glimpses. I mean, whether he would have been actually better off if I had maintained a loving relationship with my mother and hadn't essentially put him in the position of pitting me against her or using me. That's a lot. And there is a way out. It's like you've done a one belief at a time here. It's like you fill in the whole, the whole worksheet and then you pull every judgment out. The judgments you were thinking then, you pull them out and work them through on the one belief at a time. And it's just something you do in the morning that will give you an incredible life. Mm. You know, for me, Jeff, no one could set me free but me. If if I could set people free, I would just zap the world. But <laughs> no one can set another person free. It's um, it's something we have to do for ourselves, or continue to suffer, have an occasional epiphany, have um, an, 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 a very enlightened mind, but there's still a little, a little this, a little that that can, that belongs on paper and and um, in a meditative state of mind. That I would hope people would carve out once a day in the morning when they're. When they're, um, you know, it's we, we, we take our, our bodies to the gym and work them out, but we don't take our, how often do we take our minds there and really, you know, meditators, when we get really still, we, um, we, we have just incredible epiphanies. Hmm. But when we take these questions into that quiet space, when something arises, hmm. it's mind blowing. It's like, um, it, it's a fast track. It truly is a fast track just to muse on those judgments with those questions holding us, holding us there. Mm -hmm. Then the answers that meet the questions, that's it. Thank you for that great gift. Oh, my goodness. I love you. I love you, too. (laughs) Oh, Jeff. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just so so sweet sitting with you in the work and out of the work <laughs> I know yeah. in it well if you've made it this far in the episode you know more about my personal life than virtually anyone else in the world until now I suppose the work is a powerful method that helps you meditate on the true cause of your suffering. 
So much of our pain is caught up in believing our thoughts and projecting trauma from the past into the future. We are not our thoughts. We are not the chatter that is incessantly yammering on in our heads. We are the listener. Becoming aware of this is not just the key to relief from suffering. It is also the beginning point of a contented and enlightened existence. If you're interested in learning more about the work, check out our commune course with Byron Katie. Just go to onecommune.com. That's all from the commune for this week. Email me anytime at jeffk at onecommune.com. I'm Jeff Krasno, and I'll see you next week. Yeah.